Whether you read it 13 years ago or just saw it on TV, or both, The Red Wedding stands out. Few moments in entertainment history have had the power to generate this much buzz, this range of emotion, this visceral of a reaction. The brutal murders of such central, almost good guy type characters is essentially unprecedented. We felt a sense of, of shock, emptiness, and loss, even those of us who knew it was coming. Some viewers cried and swore never to watch the show again. Some readers hurled the book across the room. The internet exploded and fan sites experienced more than double their usual activity. George took advantage, in a sense, of the fact that we've become so used to the concept of good triumphing over evil in books, movie, and TV. Uh, though Ned Stark's death was a defining moment that gave us a sense of unease, a sense that maybe not everyone is safe in this series, the Red Wedding proved that we weren't taking that notion far enough. He basically told us that no one was safe, but we didn't listen. And then it happened. George R. R. Martin is playing for keeps, and he proved once and for all something that many of us already knew, but that the mainstream world hadn't fully accepted yet. Fantasy isn't kid stuff. Conversations about the show and the books, and... It's fine, are we? Alright, once again, I want to welcome you again to a History of West Road podcast, a podcast dedicated to A Song of Ice and Fire books by George R. R. Martin, as well as a TV show, Game of Thrones, on HBO. I'm just one of your hosts. I'm Steve, a.k.a. the friggin' Italian... Normally, I'm Los Angeles, but today I'm coming there. out of Fayetteville, <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, I'm Aziz out here in Atlanta, and uh, to my left is Ashea. Uh, she hasn't been here in a while, but she's back in the fold again. It's good to have her back. And to my right is somebody you guys don't recognize, uh, especially if you're listening. You can't see any of us. <laughs> you definitely don't recognize people you can't see. Uh, his name is Sean Pink, <laughs> and Sean is a good friend of ours. He's... Um, uh, kind of one in the unusual category of, of being very knowledgeable and interested in the series without having read the books. And we thought it would be very uh, interesting and useful uh, for a discussion of The Red Wedding to have someone that hasn't actually read the books, who didn't know it was coming, uh, so we can have a perspective on on that, a uh, perspective on mm-hmm. someone who didn't know it was coming. So, hi, Sean. Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, so um, this is a spoiler-free episode. We're just going to talk about The Red yeah, Wedding. great. Uh, if you've seen the episode, of course, you, you, I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's your choice. So we're not going to talk about anything past the Red Wedding. We're going to maybe offer a few predictions. Um, mostly we'll rely on Sean for predictions because we know what's going to happen, so it'd be kind of weird for us to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. So let's get into it. There's there's a lot of um, a lot to talk about, a lot of angles to this. It isn't just a it isn't just a scene in the books and the movies. It's there's there's a little backstory in there. Yeah. I do want to make one note though that this episode marks the introduction of a slightly new format. In that we're gonna be we have our normal we have a history episode, we have a plots episode, and this is gonna be this is a roundtable episode which we will be doing more of so we can have a little bit more lighthearted fare and just more interplay discussion. Yeah, we've been. Exactly. We've gotten a lot of yeah. feedback a from more feedback uh, from listeners the out there, from fans who have either posted on Facebook or on Twitter or sent us emails, etc. And we, one thing that people mm. would like to have a little more of is interplay. And that is actually, that was a challenge for us because we do a lot of, as you know, history. And uh, the history stuff isn't, a lot of it isn't discussable. It's, it's not something you really debate or or uh, go back and forth on. It's, it's stuff that happened and you talk about it. So in order to 
facilitate more discussion, we are going to have these less prepared. They're still more prepared than than what you probably are used to from other podcasts. Nothing against them, but we we like to get really down into the details. And we're still going to do that. And we're still going to have the very thorough history episodes as our flagship. That's our main thing. And we're still going to keep doing that. But we're we're starting rounding out our our style yeah. with a ver- with uh, different types of episodes, like Ashea said. So history plots and roundtable. So we're going to try this out. We think it's going to work out really well. Of course, you guys should let us know um, what your opinion is. Now, so one of the things I meant about non not listening to what Martin was telling us about the warnings about what he was doing with the series is that there were actually a lot of clues in the book for The Red Wedding. In the show, maybe not so many. It was more of a surprise rather than a gradual build-up. It was more shock value rather than um, a slow build-up to this this awful moment. But now, but to me personally, and we're going to go around and, and, and kind of describe how it, what it meant to each of us, but to me, it was it completely changed how I read the books from that point on. I was it was like a wake up call. It was it told me that wow, this is really different. And I, I every page I turned from that point on, my mind state was different. I, I, my attitude towards what might happen, what, what the my my predictions for what the characters, everything. It just was a complete different thing for me. So what what was it for you, Steve? Um, well, the, the way I refer to it is uh, you know obviously the Ned moment was uh pretty big it was a big important moment in uh in the first book when uh and in the series it was in the episode i believe it was baylor um when and there was executed that was a huge turning point already but this this was just like mind-blowing it was so mind-blowing and frustrating and i was so angry <laughs> you were one of those people who threw the book weren't you <laughs> I, I i actually threw the book <laughs> I threw the book and I didn't pick it up for like two or three days. Wow! It just sat there in the corner of the room. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next chapter, Ari gets hit in the back of the head with an axe. Yeah, and the way they did that in the show, of course, is they just show Sandor knocking her out. But in the yeah, he just knocked her out. But he had a, he had an iron gauntlet launch. You have a me- you have a moment in the book of thinking, wow, is Arya dead too? Yeah. That, in the show, I don't. Really I know. When you say that. an axe, I don't see the flat of an axe. Yeah, he said yeah, his he axe. Said his, and, and if you listen to the audiobook like I did, we have Roy Dutrie saying, his axe took her in the back of the head. It sounds so final, like, <laughs> yeah. holy crap, you dead too? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I was like, oh my god, you just killed Rob, you just killed Catelyn, now you're going to kill Arya too? <laughs> I don't think the show is going to try and fool us on that one, but how about you, Shay? What, what was your like initial reaction? I, am a, I think I'm a little different. Like I was upset, and I, I cried, I, I cried a lot of things, and so like, of course, reading that chapter made me cry. But I wasn't so shocked or appalled or, like, throwing my book. I was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's foreboding. You know, these things happen. But I think maybe I'm a little, I'm just in the minority there and a little unfeeling there. I was just like, they're book characters. They died. I, they're not my favorite characters. I don't like them that much. I, it's sad. I cried. Yeah. But I, it, wasn't <laughs> so like, it wasn't like some, like, oh, my God, they killed Robin Catlin. I was like, oh, I'm glad it wasn't these characters. So, <laughs> I had a little bit of that on. I probably made people hate me right now, but you know, I do like them, but not that much. <laughs> now I was really disappointed about Catelyn, though. Yeah, yeah, right. And I loved, I loved the acting that uh, Michelle Fairley did in it. She killed it. Yeah, I mean, she made that. I mean, despite the fact that oh, yeah. she, there's a lot of talk about how she was kind of pushed to the side, you know, this season she wasn't in it as much. She just kind of 
took it all back. She said, hey, I'm here. You oh, know, yeah. I'm important. Which makes me think oh, yeah. about, so how, and then she how, makes me think about how, how sad it would have been even more if we had seen Catelyn more this season, had seen things from her perspective, how honorable she is and Good how point. she's trying. Like, I, I just, uh, yeah. I think it would have. I think it would have been a better moment for that. But she pulled it off really yeah. well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her reaction when the Reigns of Castamere started playing. Yeah. Just, just her facial I mean, reaction. I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to weep right then and there because I knew because I already knew it was going to happen. Before like, that ever happened, I felt like by the time the wedding started, <laughs> I was like, I'm glad. I'm glad I was watching it alone because I didn't spoil it for Sean here. So Sean. Well, uh, what were your thoughts? You're you're uh, you're our uh, unique perspective on you know, someone who hadn't who didn't know it was coming. Well, I w- I will say that I did know that there was a moment coming that caused people to throw the book across her. I had heard multiple people mm-hmm. from different circles of friends <laughs> tell me about this moment. You know, I guess it was kind of hard to avoid that kind of talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I also I I tend to think that a good work of art or literature or whatever. That everything in it is there for a reason. There, there shouldn't be anything in there superfluously. And I feel like this very true Game of Thrones. Every piece of clothing someone's wearing, what their sigils are, every line of dialogue. Sometimes it's subtle and in the background and quick, but I feel like it all has meaning, you know. And so, kind of like as he said, after this moment, he was like evaluating things differently. I kind of was already doing that leading up to this point, although. I thought that I was expecting a, a terrible tragedy at Joffrey's wedding. <laughs> so I, I expected a tragedy to come, but I didn't expect it to happen here. I, you know, uh, <clears throat> so as Catelyn's starting to put it together, so was I. It's like, oh, this is going to be the tragedy. You know? <laughs> uh, but kind of yeah. like Shay, not, not that I want these characters to die or anything, but there was a slight relief. I was like, oh, at least it's not... Sansa or Tyrion, you know what I mean? (laughs) But then, you know, when it actually happened, she just got stabbed in the belly, and then there's like one after another. It's like, oh, just, you know, it was was, gruesome. Visually, just the bloodiness of it, I couldn't handle it. It was, it was still shocking. Like even knowing it was coming or whatever, it was. I didn't expect it. I mean, I don't know what I did expect, but uh, (laughs) but it was definitely enough that I like turned my head from the screen and. Was just like <laughs> on the edge of my seat when Catelyn grabbed uh, Walter's, Walter's wife. wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah," and she's like swearing on her name. I'll kill her. I'll do it. And I'm like, well, now you're gonna have to do it. Don't get <laughs> just, like, oh, oh, you're gonna actually so have awful. to follow through with that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, yeah. disturbing. You know, it was disturbing. It was, it was a it was a fool in the book, right? Yeah, it was Aegon Jinglebell, Jingle Lackwit, uh, one of the right. grandsons. Um, yeah. It's funny, the stomach stabbing is interesting because I thought it was, besides the fact that it was really gruesome and, and shocking, uh, that's something you really see a lot of on TV. I, I, I can't think of uh, that kind of violence perpetrated against a pregnant woman on TV before. That's kind of unprecedented in itself. But it really threw us, us readers for a loop a bit as well because... Which is what I'm getting at as far as calling it clever, because us readers didn't really know what was going to happen with Talisa. Yeah. She was, you know, she's in the book, she's Jane Westerling, and it's a fairly significantly different character. Um, they, they play yeah. a similar role, um, but but some of us even thought that, that um, Talisa was a spy because of all the letter writing talk. There's two different scenes 
where she's writing letters and it's there's some suspicious things about it. The first one is she actually there's a joke she says I, I can't remember the exact wording but it's something like Rob says hey who are you writing and she says ah the Lannisters you know she's joking and then some people who who know what's going to happen much later are thinking whoa is she a Lannister spy so we didn't know you know so she so even us readers didn't know what to expect with that character and her role in the way so having her stabbed first in such a brutal way in such a shocking way was a really good way it was a good way to have us readers be like whoa that was un even us readers were shocked i mean because that we didn't see yeah. that coming necessarily and so the rest that followed we, it was kind of like we were set up from that point on we're already like we're, we're feeling the shock and the bloodiness of it all and, and then the rest of it kind of just yeah. flows from there i think danny jay did it on purpose too oh yeah 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 i mean just to mess with the readers so, you know i mean and, and the way bit. i look at it yeah yeah, I mean, and the way the way I look at it, and I think Matt's actually said this before, Matt from Podcast Winterfell, he said, you know, just look at it as like, you know, the different interpretations of, say, like the Wizard of Oz. Sure. You know, there's like, there's like you know, 30 different interpretations out there of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just look at it like that, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's not so much as like they're deviating so much from the uh, storyline, it's just that they're just interpreting it in their own way and, pre and, and presenting it in their own way. And this is a show that's done, has already kind of pushes the envelope a bit on being a bit gruesome. I mean, some prior examples, I, I was having, a, one of the things we're going to get into later in the show is questions from, from users, uh, from fans that we, we requested. Mm. And just to, as a segue, a little uh, bit of that before we actually get into it in earnest. One, we were, I was having a discussion with one of our fans, um, one of our listeners, who on Twitter about, Com comparing other forms of TV violence, both within other HBO shows and generic other shows, as well as just within Game of Thrones. And we we're trying to think of the examples of other, the most gruesome things that happened on the show. Um, I'll throw a few out there, maybe you guys can add to this, but I thought the, the, the nipple sawing, <laughs> when the, when the, 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 the this unsullied soldier has his nipple cut off, I thought that yeah. was, oh, yeah. that was pretty far up there. Um, yeah. The Jamie getting his hand chopped off is pretty bad. Um, yeah, but I, honestly, I think the worst one might have been the the flaying of Theon's little finger. I think that's probably the most disturbing. I had my he, head he quite, he That was cringy. Like, yeah. Hand violence in any. Uh, yeah, personally, I'm he's really. Skewed towards the I, I'm skewed towards. It's true. I'm skewed towards hand violence. I, I, any hand maiming that gets me more. Than, <laughs> I uh, forget the character's name, but the I assume he's a knight that Ned sent to get Gregor. In the first season, right? Who oh, had, um, had died and been resurrected? Barrack Dondarrion, yeah. Barrick, yeah, Barrick Dondarrion, yeah. Dondarrion, Barrick, Barrick. Yeah. Uh, when Sandor cleaved through his, oh yeah, door, you're right. I forgot about that pretty, one. You know, like a chop uh, right through. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah. I think sometimes, right. uh, so, something like that. Maybe even why Aziz is inclined toward the hand mm. one, because something like that is it's hard to comprehend. No one has ever had something similar. Like, oh, I remember the time when I had an axe cleaved through my chest. <laughs> but you do remember the time when your finger got caught in the door, your nail got ripped off, or something uh -huh. like that. So it's a little more realistic, I guess. Yeah, yeah you're right. you can relate to that yeah. pain a little bit more. It's not so overly gruesome that it's just like, okay, a thing happening on TV, you know. But it's okay. He had Thor Samir there. <laughs> yeah, we probably all we probably all know somebody that you know cut their finger in the kitchen or something like that. <laughs> a little more. I got my hand more. caught in the car door once. You know, uh, when they, they slammed the car door. My hand was caught in it. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of outcry, Actually, though, about Talisa getting stabbed in the stomach. It's true. How violent that was. And I felt no, that it, it was, was kind of a double sta sta standard because, I mean, it's 
I, I felt like a lot of people were out crying about get about violence against women. I'm like, there's a lot of violence against men all the time. Okay, <laughs> you never say like, I can't believe they're fighting each other and killing. Each. I'm just, I, I, you know, I get that a lot of people just really like it really struck men like parents and people, you know, little babies. And, but I just, I, I, it seemed like a, a, a funny thing to for everyone to outcry about when all these other people are being slaughtered. Yeah, it's, and it's supposed to be a yeah. setting where things are violent. I mean, yeah. it's it's supposed to be realistic. It, it was a violent setting. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that was the whole point of the whole scene. It was a very violent setting. Everybody dies, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, better outside. I mean, than everyone dies. Is... All right, there, there's one thing, there's one bone I do have to pick. Okay. The great Johns were missing. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. The Umbers, the Umbers. I mean, because, I mean, in the books... You know, Great John and Little John were like small fighting John. like crazy. Yeah, Small John. Yeah, <laughs> Small John. Small John. I'm sorry. Great John and Small John were like fighting him back and whatever, and they weren't even there. Of course, Great John. Yeah, the Great John actor wasn't. He left the show. They didn't really. They could have recast him, but you know, it, it was awkward when they recast the Mountain. So yeah, yeah. I, I, it would have been. Yeah, hard I, I, for I don't recognize a new actor. <laughs> you know, maybe if somehow they show him without the fingers, but I think it might have caused more. Someone would have had to say. They would have had to commit a lot of time, just from a screenwriting perspective. You know, yeah. they would have spent a lot of time yeah. to remind but us who this guy was. But it would have made sense to have Small John. You could have still yeah. had Small John in I, there. He, he's, his role, he was... Now, if you remember, folks, who've read the books, there's four characters who are actually guarding Rob in, at the wedding. Um, one thing that's not... Yeah. One thing that's a bit different is Catelyn notes that the hall is jam-packed in the book. Yeah. In the show, it's... It's, you know, there's a bunch of people there, but it's not crowded. It's, it's you know, kind of normal. Um, yeah. And Everybody gets a seat. So that's part of the whole sense of, like, something's kind of off, but it's not off in a way that you necessarily suspect it's going to lead to that. So, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a, it's more of a, it's almost like a red, a mini red herring. You're, like, distracted by these other characteristics of what's happening, and you're like, huh, I don't want to. That's that's a distraction from the, the foreboding that's coming. Um, yeah, they didn't show any of the guards. So yeah, they didn't. Uh, basically, yeah, Small John throws a table over Rob, and that's like for some reason that that sticks out in a lot of readers' minds. The scene of of, of him throwing a table mm. to cover Rob and keeping him from being visual, shot by crossbow bolts. It's a great visual. Yeah, and, and that's, just imagine uh, a giant yeah. man just immediately taught like you know how like how Catelyn slaps Roose in that scene. That was a great visual, and you're like you're like something's <coughs> going down to have him. Throwing a table as big man is a is a cool scene. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah, Small yeah. John, despite his name, if you're a show viewer or if you forget his character, Small John is not small. It's one of those kind of names like when you no. have a huge man nicknamed Tiny. <laughs> he's just yeah. a little bit smaller than his huge father, so he's probably like six ten or something. Or uh, a <laughs> character from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Little John. Oh yeah, Little John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Little John. There we go. It's like, yeah. in fact, that might be part of the inspiration for the character. <laughs> yeah, possible. I was actually reading an article about the uh, about the inspiration behind uh, the Game of Thrones and uh, Robin Hood was brought up. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking, speaking of, of yeah. speaking of the inspiration for the Red Wedding, there's a historical um, event in Scotland called the Black Dinner, and that is the main inspiration for this. And just as a just briefly. Really? To describe it, that we don't need to really get into a lot of detail on it, but just just to just to tie the things together. Yeah, there was a, a clan called Clan Douglas that had become very powerful, and they um, were sort of like they weren't in full rebellion, but they were such a threat to the king that he well he was threatened by them, and he summoned them all to a dinner, 
and uh, had them, you know, served them uh, a boar's head. I guess it was either a boar's head or a steer's head, which is like the symbol of death. And then they took all these members of Clan Douglas outside, had a mock trial, and had them all hung or beheaded. I forget which. Oh wow! So it was really oh, like it was a kind of it was a huge breach of of the you know the laws of peace and truce and, and negotiation. Not unprecedented in, in the real world by any means, but uh, at that time period, it was a bit unprecedented. So, anyway. Actually, I was going to ask you if you could explain the uh, the, the rules of hospitality. Yeah, guest right. Um, okay, that's a, that's a very people. good idea. Yeah, the guest right. Guest right is an interesting tradition because it, it doesn't just, it isn't related to just one religion. Um, it's very big in the religion of the old gods. It's probably more important to people who worship the old gods than to those who worship the, the seven. But the, the followers of the seven consider guest right a very, very important religious aspect. Um, mm -hmm. It's basically, and this is something you see on the show. They didn't go into a lot of detail. I thought it was kind of strange. Maybe it was just an maybe it was just a nod to us show to us readers. But the scene where they're having bread and salt. Um, did when you get that, did that, did that? I did not. A couple people I heard talking about the show afterwards. A couple mm -hmm. people mentioned that, and I was like, "What, what do you bread and salt? What?" Is, and apparently, it, an example of a, a quick line of dialogue that just went by without me noticing, but it apparently had some significant meaning. I'm not even sure when the. I guess they did talk about. It. He's like, "Make sure you get bread and salt." Sometimes I forget what was in the book and what was in the show. It's yeah. all it's all a blur sometimes. But well, well, in the first time they met Walter Frey. Um, Catelyn was very adamant, saying, like, make sure you ask for bread and ask for salt. Well, no, that was actually the second yeah, time, because remember, Rob doesn't protection. meet her. Rob no, doesn't the second time, the time. Yeah, and so the second yeah. time is when they say, okay, and, and they're doing the whole bread and salt thing, whatever, da, 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 and Walter Frey actually says, you are now under my protection, yeah. <laughs> which is a big deal. <laughs> it's a very big deal in the in, in this okay, culture. interesting. I think they kind of did it weirdly in the in the in the show, because they show Walder eating it, too. Like, they specifically yeah, show I, I thought that was a little that. weird. That I, I, cancels it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it gets you. <laughs> <laughs> but, fingers there's, crossed. A, there's an old story uh, called the the, uh, the Legend of the Rat Cook, I guess. I don't know what the title of the story is, but the Rat yeah. Cook is the a story uh, that takes place in the Night Fort, which is one of the castle's Along the wall that's been abandoned. It's on the, the wall. I think it's actually the, the largest. The one that Sam's on his way to that he's talking about. It was the biggest one. That's right. It's the biggest recently. castle on the wall. Yeah. Um, and it's the one that Sam's on his way to. Um, and the story goes like this. Uh, a Andal king was a guest there at this castle many years ago. And, of course, the Andals never conquered the north. So the north is full of the blood of the first men. And the Andals exist mostly in the rest of Westeros. Um, in the south. So the story goes that the Andal king was was served his own children or his own son or maybe two of his sons I forget in, in a pie, and mm -hmm. the gods cursed the the host with by turning him into a rat and making him haunt this this night fort supposedly, and it wasn't because he murdered someone it wasn't because he made the king eat his own children. It was because he violated guest right. And that is why the gods turned mm -hmm. him into a rat. So this story gets mentioned in the books 
And it's pretty darn important, I think, it just it, not to as a story itself, not that the rat cook is going to appear someday and start, um, you know, killing off more of our favorite characters. But <laughs> but I think it's a sign that it's, it's George telling us that guest right is a really big deal. And hopefully it means yeah. something really bad will happen to Walter Frey and his, his kin later. But that's spoiler <laughs> territory, hope, so we'll I just hope. leave that at hopefully and not say. Worth noting from, you know, my perspective, not having read the book, you know, I didn't know the story about the rat or the... Right, they sure I, I didn't even show, catch yeah. the line about salt and bread or whatever. But uh, remember that Ned was maybe a little too trusting. Yeah. Finger told him directly, "Don't trust me," and he trusted him anyway. Well, here we go, Rob, trusting Walter Frey, very and, much like his father. Yes, yeah. he made a lot of the yeah. same mistakes his father did. Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. Very good point, Sean. Um, so let's talk about some of the the minor differences, not as uh, from the book and show, not as points of criticism. Although maybe some of them will be as points of criticism. Points but just to interest. discuss the differences. Yeah, points of interest. Because right. a lot of it's neat. And some of it, of course, we have to keep in mind, folks, this is important. There's still something, there's still a bit left to come. The Red Wedding ended, the episode ended with Catelyn getting her throat cut. And that's it. There's a little more to oh. come. There's still some chaos in the yeah. camps. And maybe Sandor Clegane again, doesn't just walk out. You know, we don't know. So we won't spoil anything. But there's a little more to come still. For, for one big question that's especially going to be hanging over book readers is is the, the question of Blackfish. Because in the book, he's not even at the wedding. But he goes yeah, to the bathroom. Yeah, he was there, but... Before the car he almost starts. no he almost mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost had no presence there. I mean, he might as well not even been in the episode. I don't know. Yet. I thought he was hilarious. He, he, he looks he at got, the Frey girls, and they smile <laughs> at him, and he just turns <laughs> away. I was going to say... And she's like flirting with him, that big hook nose. Yeah. All three of them are smiling at him. Actually, it's like oh, it's like all just bunch, the ugliest of the fray girls. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just that moment alone, I think was, was like one of the funniest moments in the, in the episode. Yeah, it's like me. a little more. It's, it's yet another piece of, and in all re- in retrospect, it's all set up. It's all like, oh look, yeah. funny com- comic relief. You got comic relief with that, and then you got Rob and Talisa having the the discussion about. Don't you want to teach little Eddard to ride? When I heard that, I just groaned. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, these viewers are getting set up <laughs> big time. Like one, yeah. <laughs> one difference is that uh, you know Rosalyn in the in the book she's crying like throughout the that's wedding. A, yeah, and that's it's a off as, yeah. and here, as nervousness. Here she's looking a little nervous. That's about yeah. it. She's Which I took to be she's and, uh, just yeah, nervous book, about she was crying. Like, She's probably a young teen girl about to, like... Have in an arranged marriage. 30, yeah. 40, I don't know. He's, uh, yeah, he's in his mid-30s, I think. Young, early 30s. He's but she, years she's, like, Catholic. meeting him for the first time. Yeah, it's... You know, a, a lot of this stuff... It's harder to pull off the crying, I think, on TV. And, 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 and um, I, I hate to be crude, but there was no floppy fish joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's like, what? Yeah, Ed, yeah. Muir, Ed Muir gets, uh, there's a singer, and the singer the, the singer and the Brotherhood Without Banners. This actually does get brought up on the show, I think, but it's just so under, it's so sneaky that it's easy to miss. Uh, one time, Ed Muir got, went to, like, a, a whore or something, or to a brothel or something, and he had drunk too much and he couldn't get it up. <coughs> and as this, if people got wind of it, the singer composed a song about it. And it became <laughs> yeah. Floppy Fish. And it became famous through in the Riverlands. So Ed yeah. Muir hates singers. singers. <laughs> 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 oh, one thing I found interesting was uh, when they ta- when uh, Catelyn and Roos were talking about her own betting and how Ned forbade it she, yeah, in, she the was, yeah. in the books. In the there, books. Nothing of the sort. It, it was not... 
it, it happened. It's a pretty normal-sounding betting, really. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, she was terrified, obviously. You know, she didn't know this guy, and, you know, she's suddenly married to him, and now they're ripping her clothes off and that sort of thing. That's another thing and, about uh, the show that's a little different that's not uh, – that's that's really displayed a lot earlier um, in the books is that Catelyn's supposed to be, like – in the book, she's really – it's kind of weird how in the show – most of the characters are much more handsome or beautiful versions of their show of their show counterparts. Oh, yeah, their book absolutely. counterparts. But in the show, it's the uh, for Catelyn, it's the opposite. She's made less attractive. Um, not that that matters. It's just a point of interest because um, she's you know Sansa's. She's supposed to look a lot like Sansa. Like you know, they're similar cat. I think well, you can see that she was. I don't think she's ugly. I think you can see it. She just she just looks older than she maybe well, imagine. Like, it's not like you're either beautiful I don't, I don't or ugly at all. That's yeah. true. That's true. But I, I and I don't know. But let's just say Caitlyn is a seven. Maybe in a book she's supposed to be an eight. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. She, she. I mean, she she looks like a mom to me. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Really. I mean. Um. So. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, bring up was, um, let's see, what was it? Oh, the playing skills of the band. They actually weren't that bad. No, they were good, and I think that was an important thing and to do. You can't, it would just be too weird to have them playing badly. Um, yeah. One thing I do I mean, like from the book. The they did. Yeah, they're playing terribly, and it's, Catelyn mentioned it several times. It's like, Great John is singing one song, and the band is playing a different one, and he's, she's thinking, it would be nice if they got together on, on which song they were singing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, but even after the music stops and things start to get really dark and you know that something bad's going to happen, and even after something bad is happening, the drummer is still beating the drum in the, in the book. Yeah. And yeah. That's just like adds to the foreboding. In fact, the chapter starts with the drums. With the thumbing. The Catelyn yeah. hearing the pounding of the drums and the pounding in her head because she has a headache. And so yeah. that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the book, the book does this really well. It's a series of sense of foreboding, and then back off the foreboding to kind of, like, keep you, like, not sure of what's really happening. It's like, Catelyn's got, you know, like, the pounding of the drums, that's foreboding, but she's also got a headache, so, you know, of course the, the pounding of the drums are going to be kind of weird. And then there's the... The really gross food. The gross food, but then, of course, oh, yeah, Walter well, right. Frey is just, you know, he's a cheap man, and then you hear that she he's giving alcohol in huge quantities to all the soldiers and the men, and you're like, huh... But then you hear a that... Cheap, yeah, cheap Walter's giving out alcohol. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then you have, you know, all these toasts and people dancing. And then you have Rosalind crying. But then you think, oh, well, you know, the stuff we just talked about. She's, you know, a virgin. You know, she's, you know, a prearranged marriage like that. That could make you cry. That's not hard to imagine at all. So it's just these yeah. back and forth, like, clue. And then it's kind of taken back, you know. So he keeps you really kind of in between. The book is more, or the show is more of a surprise. It's just like, bam. Like, it's it's not quite like that because the door closes, the music starts playing, and you're like, wait a minute. And like Sean, you said, you could sense the foreboding coming. But it's a little more sudden. You know, the, the, in the chapter, it just builds up slowly, and then you're like, oh. In yeah. the show, it's kind of a little more, a little more surprise. More like it. a punch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, from the moment when Caitlin's, I don't know how it goes in a book, but... Reflecting on it, you can see, oh, this and that. Even like going back to earlier in the episode or earlier in the season, even, I think there's clues to this coming when up. You go back earlier in the episode, he says, the wine will be flow, will flow red. Yeah, yeah, flow red. Yeah. I was like, oh. And I saw that, I was like, oh my god. And I thought that, you know, uh, I was sort of sensing, especially that moment, it was in a show, it was like, I mean, you, I don't know. I think the most obvious moment was when that door closed. 
Yeah. It was that wow. thing, like, yeah, yeah, okay, that was something obvious. is up. Why would they the do that? The music had started playing, but that wasn't enough. I mean, itself, I can understand. But, I, I mean, well, I mean, in a way, you can understand why they would do that because, you know, they left with the betting. And yeah. they closed the doors to, like, you know, to seal that, yes, they're off of the betting kind of thing. But there was a sense of foreboding the way they did that. And yeah. I think I think there was probably some music behind it. And, uh, but, and Catelyn definitely saw it. Yeah, yeah she's but, like, but I think she she at that moment was probably seeing what what I was seeing. Uh, something's up, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and I thought that you know maybe they would get arrested, or maybe they would kill John, or maybe you know I, I didn't expect something this extreme and tragic and brutal, you know. Yeah, it but, was pretty brutal. But but you know I, I do feel, feel like coming. Was, you don't know that is coming. You I do think there was some build up, if you will. But from the moment she put it together till the moment it happened was just a few seconds when when she yeah. when she looked at a uh, Bruce Bolton Bruce. arm you know noticed the armor that he had on and yeah. he gave her that chainmail yeah from that moment to when Rob's wife is being stabbed was just a few seconds it was seconds yeah it was, yeah. It was, it was seconds, seconds. And right. so even yeah. though for a she few she slapped moments, him and then boom and he yeah. runs off he runs off to like go get out of the way of the crossbows there were a few <laughs> moments yeah. when I was anticipating something bad happening, but it was definitely a surprise how bad and how quick how bad it got. You know? Yeah, it got pretty bad pretty quickly. <laughs> As a point of, um, you know, it's it's interesting to talk about the impact. We, we, ta- we got into this a bit in the beginning, and I want to kind of circle back to it, is the impact it had, not just on show viewers who hadn't seen it, who didn't know it was coming, but also on us readers who knew it was coming. It had a big impact on us, but yeah. The actors themselves. Mm-hmm. Rob, the actor who plays Rob, Richard Madden, has not watched the episode. He said he, he, he was crying on the airplane, after, like on his way back from filming it. Like he was crying because it was very. Mm-hmm. Really? It was, he said it was, the, it was the thing that got him the most was that Arya was so close. Yeah. That he knew that she was yeah. so close there and that they never reunited and he's, yeah, he's... So that, close. That and he's unemployed. And she's so, like, and, and she has to see it happen, too. I mean, she sees Grey Wing. That's one well, thing that, I thought the show did much better was really the, the portrayal of how close Arya is. And also earlier in the same episode, it's not, you know, with John and Brandon Rickon. Not what we're John talking Brandon, about, but yeah. they also, when they also, they all, just the visual of that, I think, is, is much better than it was in the book. But, uh... Michelle Fairley was extremely impacted by it. She was she like after she finished filming, she didn't answer calls from uh, from from the showrunners. Really? Yeah, she, 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 really? She, she just she, she just didn't answer their call for like I think a day or two. Wow. She just she just, she just wanted you know be alone. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been joking out there. I, I'm sure you guys saw it. Uh, I put on the on the page. Uh, yeah, Richard Madden. Poor Richard Madden's unemployed now. He's not unemployed though. He's Prince Charming. Yeah, he's gonna be Prince Charming. He'll be yeah. all right. That's true. He's getting. <laughs> he's Prince Charming, so. Prince Charming and not Nikolai. You know, James oh, no. Lannister. Yeah, he's. Which is it? Is it actual the movie called Prince Charming? What's that no, it's, a, it's like, I don't know what it's called. Some, it's like a Cinderella movie. He's the okay. Prince Charming for Cinderella. Which I guess that yeah. sounds pretty uh, pretty handsome. Uh, okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, not so bad. And Michelle Fairley's already in another show too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I know I she's mean, employed. The, it would be, you know, honestly, I'd be pretty darn surprised if either of those two had trouble finding work. They both did a really good job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only did they do a good job, but Michelle Fairley was just all awesome, and Richard Madden is not only did a good job, but, like, the dude is, like, 
I mean, obviously. Like, I mean, I she like she's having trouble finding a work. Her, her reactions to everything, to every moment, was just phenomenal, in my mm. opinion. I mean, like, uh, all the way up from, like, you know, when they're standing in front of Walter Frey, and he's doing his little spiel and kind of insulting them, whatever, all the yeah. way down to, like, well, you made a promise to me once before in this very same castle, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Her reactions <laughs> were just... mad, yeah. I like oh, yeah. Those Actually, two, he did those a great job the, too. Those two were the real, the, the the best parts. I mean, the best actors, I think, in that in the scenes. Um, since we're not yeah, really focusing mean, on the episode, we're focusing on that scene. I would say for sure, Lord Walder. I, I can't remember his name. His David the actor's name, David Radley. Yeah, he was great. Um, yeah, he was so creepy. I can't. I'm not sure which of them was better. Probably Michelle Fairley. Um, but I'd say Michelle it's Fairley. to say which one was better. She had different. Awesome. You know, hers is you know raw. It was a. It, took more skill. I mean, maybe if we saw Dave Bradley trying to act that same scene, maybe he would have done just as well, but we can't know. The, but, yeah. uh, one thing, though, just to note real quick, is that uh, Waller Frey in the books is 91. Yeah. They, he's portrayed a bit younger. I mean, you're not going to get a 91. This guy looks like he's in his 60s. Yeah, he, he's, it's not yeah. a huge difference maybe seven, to note that. Yeah, Walter Frey can't, can't, even stand up. can't even stand up in the, in the books. <laughs> um, he's still got a big-ass family. He does, indeed. A very, very big-ass <laughs> family. Um, and it's, another, that's a good thing to point to, by the way, is the some of the best acting that was done in these scenes was just the, the facial expressions, like no dialogue, just Catelyn's Absolutely. face when she looks up at the gallery and the music starts playing, when she looks at yeah. Roose Bolton, and when Roose Bolton looks back at her. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, was, that, great. that was great. That was great. That was, and of course, you know, we're not talking about the rest of the episode, I just have to throw it out there because it's in the same episode. Yagrit's face when John rides off is also amazing. yeah oh the, 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 ang- the angry mad like... dog look oh and uh, Walter Frey did, did did a really good mad oh, dog look, look at, Ro- he, at Rob yeah, he looks at when Rob. he's walking Rosalind when he's oh, interacting in the aisle it's, it's after she's he gave been... him his mad dog look you're right the interaction I... between Arya and Sandor was good oh, too oh yeah yeah oh, yes. she was standing like right up close to him you know oh yeah yeah well, she's like ah, and his reaction to her too he didn't say much back he kind of like was a little stunned he's like whoa you're, you're not just some little you're, girl. Girl. Oh, no. <laughs> you're a feisty little nine-year-old. Man, I really love that part where Michelle Fairley got her throat cut, that scene, and the look on her face. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 it was like... It looked a little CGI to me, but uh, it was it was yeah. good. It was well done, that, that for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what it looks like when someone gets their throat cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I haven't seen it in real life. Hmm. But they definitely got the point across. So, even though the show left out a lot of detail that we readers maybe consider important, they certainly threw some in there that some of you might not have noticed. Um, For example... Uh, Wendell Manderly mm-hmm. is is can be seen. Well, he's a Manderly. We assume he'd be Wendell since he's the Manderly yeah. that's at the red wedding in the book. It's the but guy with a big mustache and a mer and a merman right there. Yeah, you can see his silver merman merman pin. Yeah, he yeah. gets his throat cut um, <laughs> or something. He's dead. And, yeah. But there's a, there's a lot of in the one of the things that Michelle Fairley pointed out in her interview um, is that there was more. And George says this too in his interview on Conan O'Brien that there's more people killed in the show than in the books. Um, there were se- in the it looks to be the show kind of shows it as just a kind of a, a open slaughter and they're just kind of killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's not necessarily what's happening. I don't really, of course, I don't know what the show is doing um, with this, but in the books, there's several characters who survive because they're important and because they're valuable as hostages. The heirs to great houses, you know, etc. Great John, as the Lord of, of, of Last Hearth, was captured, and that was difficult for them to do. Yep, uh, Daisy Mormont is killed. Yes. Um, Speaking, I guess this is probably a good moment to talk about the Mormons a little bit, right? Sure. sure. Uh, I, I, they, we haven't seen them in the show, but there's a group of badass Mormont women because Bear Island is frequently raided and reaved on by the Ironborn, and it's a hard life, and you know they're they're, they're raised to pretty much be badasses. And so earlier in uh, an early in an earlier chapter, we see Mage Mormont, and which is uh, Gior, you know, the Lord Commander of the Watch, uh, his sister, and Jorah's aunt. She and we see her daughter and heir, Daisy Mormont, who is one of uh, Rob's sworn shields. You could say, you know, she was one of the four people assigned to guard him yeah. that night. Meaning they weren't drinking or anything. So uh, we see these two, these women, and it's kind of interesting to me because we see some inter, we, you know, we see some parallels to her talking about Jorah, talking, you know, Jorah and his his wife Ness, his old wife, and I, I was, I it was disappointing to me to be removed, but the removal of that also means we don't see Daisy Mormont at the at the wedding, and she is killed quite viciously, and I was one of the saddest deaths of the wedding for me personally because I quite liked her, but. Uh, yeah, hopefully we do. We still have the chance, though, that to see more Mormons. Mage is, Mage is still out there, and she has three other daughters. So, so hopefully we'll still see those Mormont women, the she-bears. I hope so, too. Uh, it'd be nice if they were brought in some, at some point. Mm-hmm. But, uh... One other thing I wanted to get back to, something that, it, that we maybe didn't finish going all the way through, is just how thoroughly destroyed the Starks are now. <laughs> There's there are no living adult Starks. Period. There's no uh, I mean if you can, maybe I mean you can't really count John as a Stark. He's the closest thing there is to an adult Stark out there. Mm-hmm. Um Sansa's Yeah, Sansa's not an adult and she's married to Tyrion, so she's kind of a Lannister by, you know, not mm-hmm. by choice obviously, but she's you know Arya is alive, but she's a child and she's female. Um, which, you know, impacts her ability to inherit based on the succession laws. Um, but also there's not really a Winterfell. <laughs> so, and, and, and of course you see a, a bit of it in the show how Rob's army is being slaughtered. Um, I, I suspect we'll see a little more of that at the beginning of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Northern cause is really, really, really just almost entirely gone. Almost in Almost thoroughly, completely annihilated. The Stark cause is gone. Right, you're right. Not the Northern cause. The Bolton cause might not be gone. The Bolton (laughs) cause is doing great. (laughs) Uh, That's another thing missing uh, that's not... not, They couldn't have done in the show. It would have been pointless. But Bolton reminds Lord Walder that he's got the upper hand in their alliance by pointing out that he now is in possession of two of Lord Walder's grandchildren, which, of course, book readers will recognize Little and Big Walder, (laughs) who were at Winterfell... With Bran being little, little crappy little kids that they are. I wish they were in there. They, they, they would have been two characters for everyone to hate. <laughs> yeah, everyone. No one likes those two characters. Like they're. I, I guess it's you know it's harder to cast really dislikable little kids. But I don't, I don't know. I, they, they're really funny to me. I would have liked to see them. That would have been yeah. That would have been funny. There's. I would have loved to see these two kids just being super snotty towards Bran and just <laughs> looking like really gross and like weird. I, I would have loved that. 
Yeah, and they played that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, we would have loved to see that in the show, too. But I guess there's just no time for that, you know? Yeah. It's not that important, I suppose. It's just cool. Um, okay. Well, I, I, one thing, we, we have a section of this episode we want to devote to answering some fan questions, but I want to make sure we're ready to go move on to that. Have we covered everything else we wanted to cover? Just... Uh, and uh, based in the in uh, the books, also cat, a lot of the foreboding and like hints that Catelyn gets are from like a bunch of different phrases, like interactions, like she shoots the chainmail on one, and you know, uh, Rob had had a squire, Olivar Frey, who liked him, and there were a few other phrases that were sympathetic to him, and none of them were at the wedding. And there's like a f- other hints that are like all around regarding different phrases, and they kind of just turned all of those hints and just put a, made them all Roose Bolton. And just remove some of them entirely, yeah. which makes sense. There's so many phrases. I completely understand and agree with that. It seems like they cut some. They, he introduced his daughters, and there was, you know, in the book, he has a lot more daughters. Than yeah. <laughs> so even yeah. though he had so many, he actually yeah. had a lot more. <laughs> but they did go to. They did, you know, go to some effort to kind of duplicate some, like they had the twins, the redhead twins. Yeah, that, yeah. That's you know, that's. I, I love that line. You could have had either of them or both. <laughs> yeah, both for all I care. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that wasn't in the books. That line. Um, and uh, I think that is you know just of course in the books also Catelyn and Rob don't think that Bran and Rickon are just gone or missing and probably dead they think they are dead they think they are for sure dead they don't really have any doubt about it yeah there's that yeah I had a couple other things I wanted Mm -hmm. to share my perspective on like cool let's do it the, the happenings at the wedding there one was, again, not quite knowing, still expecting the tragedy to come at Joffrey's wedding, you know? Yeah. And it started to become clear something ominous was happening here, but I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be or how bad it was going to be. So they close the doors, the music plays, Caitlin sees the armor, and then all of a sudden, Talisa uh, gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. And, and it happened really quick, but my first thought was like, oh my god, you know, they're going to kill Rob's baby. You know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what I thought. But then she gets stabbed again and again, and they're like... Five times. They're just going to kill her. Val, our, 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 one, of our, one, of our, uh, one of our listeners, uh, House of Black and White, Val Morgulis on Twitter, pointed out. He, he, he counted it. Yeah, <laughs> and he I, pointed I, out that I it was really... I guess six a, at one point. Yeah. Someone said, said five, yeah. I don't know, and, to uh, me, just quick point is that, like, it seems like it makes sense to me. Like, if you're killing someone, you're not just going to be like, one quick... Job. You're just gonna just be like stab, stab, stab. You're done. You're not like even thinking five stabs. You're just stabbing a bunch and then getting yeah. it. Well, it's also symbolic. Yeah. They're they're extinguishing his line. They're yeah. they're yeah. putting to death the line of the king of the north. Uh, it's, Which it's, it's symbolic. I you think. know, again, when at the moment when I thought maybe they're going to arrest Rob or maybe kill Rob and arrest Caitlin or what, you know, I'm wondering what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And then they stab her. I'm like, oh my god, they're going to kill his baby. And then I'm like. Oh, they're gonna kill her, and then like for arrows and Rob, and like oh, they're gonna, <laughs> you know, and then everyone's just getting slaughtered. Yeah, and oh, um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was which I guess stuff. you know people who even who had read the book, you know, maybe still had that bit of slow reveal is not quite the right word <laughs> because that was so quick. But your mind is thinking so fast, and these terrible things start to occur, you know. Yeah. Uh, um. I mean, I had another thought to, Didn't write to go along until I kind of follow up with that. But, oh, yeah, I was going to say that I, I, again, obviously it was all terrible and tragic and brutal. But to me, this, the saddest moment of all of it, more so than 
Rob getting killed. Uh, maybe even more so than Caitlin getting killed was Caitlin killing Walter's oh, wife. Yeah. You know, that was, me, I was sure was... you were going to say Grey Wind. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are so sad about Grey Wind. People hate animal cruelty. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that was that sad too, sense. but, yeah. uh, but it's just, I feel like that that was, you know, from my, what I understand, Caitlin is more featured. It's her perspective mm-hmm. in the book, you know. So right. we it, maybe the viewers of the show aren't getting quite the same impact of her dying, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. you did in the book. But uh, it was still impactful. And, and for me, because I felt like, you know, she was this noble person trying to do the right thing. She, I think she made several poor decisions. But they were still made out of love for her family, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And... Um, and at just at this point now, like it's just, uh, this she, extra she irony of, you know, all, of yeah. her sons are still alive, yeah. and Arya's a stairwell away from <laughs> her, and it, but she just has nothing anymore, you mm-hmm. know. Like, she, and it blames herself for so much mm-hmm. of it too. And I just, and I kind of felt like, oh, why did she say? I swear I'm gonna kill her as well, and then yeah. she does do it. I like I couldn't even. Part of me like this is such, such an awkward statement to make. Try to take this in context, but I almost wanted her to do it <laughs> because she promised that she would, yeah. and I believed her character to be honorable, and yeah. so she's gonna, she has to live up to this. But yeah. why would an honorable person make such a terrible yeah. promise? <laughs> and then she did it, and it was like somewhere between like it's kind of tragic that she. Yeah, so yeah. I was so disappointed, and uh, but, uh, I, I, but I would have been disappointed for her not to have done it either. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine like if someone can. She hadn't done it. Someone like grabbed her. Right? Oops. She committed to rock and hard place. <laughs> There's a, actually an interesting uh, quote uh, from an interview with Michelle Fairley that actually I've written here that kind of addresses what you said, Sean, that you might be slightly interested in, where she says that, uh, you know, she slipped Walter's wife's, fro- uh, wife's throat, and that's not in the books. And she says, there's something wonderful that this honorable woman who never really consciously put a foot wrong in her life ends it by killing another human being. But she Innocent. feels justified yeah, yeah, yeah. by doing it in retribution. She has nothing left to live for, she thinks, you mm-hmm. know? And so she's, it's like her saying, kill me. I don't care. I do not want to be on this earth anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and from the perspective of her own point of view in the book, um, to, to shed some more light on it, she she's loses it. I mean, she go, she's basically just the reality of her suffering is, hits her so hard that... She just loses. She just loses it. She starts scraping her. She starts clawing her own face. Mm-hmm. And the description of it: there's ten claws raking holes in her face. And then she starts bleeding. And she's already been hit by a crossbow bolt, so she's probably already a little like losing blood. And she's kind of like you know, mm-hmm. not going to have all her faculties. And so, and, and in her mind, she's just like the the things don't makes sense anymore like the, the way that her perspective is written inside her own head it's just she's you can it's clear that she's just lost it and i mean who wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it's just a horrible like everything has yeah. gone as wrong as possible for her yeah mm-hmm. yeah the second most tragic thing i thought was aria mm-hmm. you know like again some foreshadowing was there mm-hmm. you know she's getting closer and she's she's yeah. almost scared she's to get her yeah. hopes up you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. Sador even sees it in her, you know, she's like looking on, like she doesn't, she, she almost wishes she could keep looking and not be disappointed with not finding, you know, 
And sure enough, she gets disappointed. Yeah, There's almost nothing left to look for now. Speaking yeah. of facial expressions, again, Arya's face when she's watching Grey Wind die. You know, yeah. she looks so hopeful and she's like, it, no, it's before that. It's when the men come up to the Stark men and like all eating there outside. And she's like, look, she looks like really just happy and innocent. Like, oh, look, and then, I know. Yeah, like, and then, and then you just, her face just falls. It's just such happens. the opposite of what she was expecting. It's just, and, and then they sit yeah. yeah. on the table. And think about what's going through Caitlin's mind, right? Mm-hmm. Caitlin is going through all these struggles and ordeals and sacrifices and whatnot, trying to get her family back together. Mm-hmm. So is Arya. Yeah. And Caitlin sees it all fall apart right in front of her, and it's so tragic. And she even kills an innocent person. What do you think is going to come of Arya? Yeah. Yeah. No one walked up behind Arya and cut her throat. You know, <laughs> she's still out loose in the world, and yeah. whatever sort of vengeance drove this honorable it's Caitlin to kill an innocent girl. Who knows what's going to come from Arya? Northerners will never forget. Arya is gonna. Yeah, she's kind of going down a dark path. She's already kind of. Not, she already killed She, she men, already didn't have... You know? Yeah, she's already killed a, a boy. And, More than know. a boy. She's killed guards at Harrenhal, you know. That's she's, true. Indirectly, but she, she in, in the book, she also, she slits the throat. Oh, does she? Yeah, she okay. kills. Right. To she escape kills. from Harrenhal, she, yeah. Yeah, she's, she yeah. slits the throat of a guard. And she's in a company of Sandor Clegane, who is... Pretty she hit that guy in the head. He's, he's ruthless. But I don't think he wants to go murder people. It just no. when when I he agree. needs to kill someone, he just does. Right. He doesn't value someone's life over whatever mission yeah. he is on. Yeah, and I think Arya is following in his footsteps. And she's generally he's generally I I feel well, most of the characters aren't as black and white as good guys or bad guys. Right. Even Sandor Clegane. But I feel like his default, maybe it's evolving here, but his default is that he is an antagonist. He's a bad mm-hmm. guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And Arya is a protagonist. She's a good guy. But the reality is her mor- her morality isn't much different than his, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the, yep. <laughs> the actions that they're taking aren't too different. From she's him. just trying to get back to it. She's trying to return to her loving family. He doesn't never never really had that. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be out there looking to get reunited with his family if he had one. And now, you know, she's kind of in the same boat as him in a sense. Like, she doesn't really have a family to go back to, mm-hmm. to go, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At least not anymore. He, mm-hmm. She's got Santa out there and she's got John out there who's family. He's not, you know, he's not, yeah. uh, you know, full Stark or whatever, but he's family. But how is she going to get to him, you know, <laughs> like if she, even if she wanted to? <laughs> what's she going to do there at Castle Black on the wall, you know, truly? Yeah, it's, it's not really a place for a young girl. <laughs> I wonder girl. if Sandor... Any girl, yeah. Say he had made, made it there and before the tragedy, or mm-hmm. maybe if the tragedy hadn't happened, or it happened sometime later. What sort of payment would he have wanted? Like, I wonder, like, well, if, he, you know, he's looking to get paid. A lot he, of money. Right. He wants... True, like money, he wants, but more than anything, he wants a castle and he wants to be a bannerman to rob. He wants to be take. He he says that Rob would be smart to take me into his service. Yes, and that's what I was gonna say. I wonder if he's not just like greedy and out for money. That he wants. To, he kind of wants exactly. a job. Yeah, he wants, he a, wants job. a stable life. Yeah, he wants. He doesn't to do. want to be yeah. on the run from Tywin. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even more than that, I wonder if he wants to kill Gregor. He I does. wonder if he had gone to Rob and say, "Hey, I have Arya." Yeah. You know, and I want to be paid. And Rob said, I'll give you 10,000 gold pieces. Sandra's like, I don't want gold pieces. I want you to give me five of your best knights, and I'm going to go hunt down Gregor. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? That's, that's kind of exactly the kind of thing. And, and Arya says, she's like, Rob will never want you. You know? Yeah, she, yeah. she says that, and, you, and then you see it kind of maybe discourages And, and then Clegane's like, fine, then I'll just take as much money as I can go. Yeah. And he's like, 
doesn't matter, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll get something, you know. Yeah. That's just kind of his attitude. But, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's his real goal. Is he, yeah, he, I think he, well, he does want to fit in somewhere and have a place in life. Like, he doesn't want to be the solitary knight traveling around the land. He's another character, something I can't remember if we got in this earlier, but, again, obviously it was terrible and tragic and shocking. But I had still had this sense of relief when everyone's getting <laughs> slaughtered that Arya wasn't part of it. <laughs> some other other characters that I, you know, I, I was trying to think of what would make me throw a book across the room. I sort of anticipated <laughs> some tragedy coming up, and I feel like we got a little bit of a clue when those leeches get thrown in a fire. But mm-hmm. I felt like well, they're gonna throw the book across the room. Balon gets killed, or Joffrey. <laughs> we hardly know, or, or <laughs> you might specifically want for those might characters. Might celebrate yeah. one of those guys dying. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be people close to it. Part of why I was anticipating Joffrey's wedding because yeah. I thought that Tyrion and Sansa might get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, Sandor is a character that if if he mm-hmm. were were killed, that I would be. I would. I didn't know what I wanted to happen in that earlier <laughs> in the season when he had to fight uh, Beric. Uh, Beric, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I felt like. There's no way they're going to kill Beric. They just brought up this new character, this whole band. It would be really weird to suddenly kill him. But, man, I'd be so upset that they kill <laughs> Sandor. I, like, that, that, I was really anxious about that scene because oh, yeah. it was sort of a, if I remember, it was like a cliffhanger. Like this, the episode ended knowing they're going to fight and the next episode started oh, with them yeah, fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. Yes. And I was really anxious waiting for that episode because I didn't want Sandor to die and I thought that he might, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he, uh, it certainly in the in the show... Or in the book, it's it's very close. Like he's, you know, you can see it in the show, in the show as well. Like he's on fire when he finally when he finally wins. He's he's on fire. <laughs> but uh, he was losing, and the the fear he got so afraid of because he was getting pushed closer closer to the fire, and the, it was burning him. He just ex- kind of exploded in rage and a just burst made, of adrenaline. Yeah, he got so he was he his the strength. He snapped. The, that's what he blew, blew through the other sword. <laughs> it's because he was so frightened and panicked, and you know, the adrenaline. Exactly, adrenaline is the perfect word. Yeah. I guess a certain <laughs> amount of strength can make up for a, a fault in skill. Right, and he is skilled and extremely strong. Um, so that those two things together worked well for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, well, let's get into some fan, some answering some fan questions that we can, um, you know, we can. Answer them as a group. Some of them are simple, some simple enough, and some of them we can we can each give our own answers to. Um, first question from area code two one two. Did book Jamie know about the red wedding? Um, in the show, obviously he couldn't have. He was still he's not even he's still out wandering on his way back to King's Landing. In the book, no, he did not know. In the book, uh, there's little reason to dispute it. Uh, uh, Tyrion didn't know. Tyrion. Uh, you know, approaches his father about the fact that he wasn't aware about it, and and Tywin tells him specifically, no one who didn't who didn't have a pl- part to play knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Joffrey was even. <laughs> yeah, it's a slight spoiler, but that's that's nothing really. <laughs> of yeah. course, Joffrey's gonna be happy. Of course, Joffrey's happy that Rob Stark. I think he's gonna be like, oh, I'm more in the loss of my foe. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he was a worthy opponent. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> um. From uh, House of Black and White, um, he, he, he this is a question about he read that Catelyn wasn't going to be killed. wasn't the wasn't the original plan wasn't for Walder Frey and, and his men to kill Catelyn. They wanted to keep her as a hostage, and that was a surprise to him. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense for a few reasons. First of all, there's no reason to kill her as far as her her being a danger to anyone. She's not a soldier. She doesn't lead armies. She, she doesn't have a claim on, like, Winterfell. She doesn't have a claim on know? any castles. Just... 
So uh, she's not really a threat. She's got she she has more valuables. She's more valuable as a hostage, you would think, um, to keep the Blackfish honest, uh, to keep you know Edmure is a hostage of theirs, so they don't have to worry about her him, but uh, to keep the River you know, any other. Maybe even Lysa Tully, keeping her honest, whatever. Uh, even if she's somehow, if somehow she gets principle. involved, she's she's valuable alive. She's, there's no value to her death, truly. But but as we talked about before, she was just she just <laughs> broke down. She went completely nuts and was killed. You know, the Walder's wife or or Lackwitz grandson, whichever version. Mm-hmm. And so they just you know she's clawing her own face to ribbons, like cutting. Like they're just like, all right, just kill her. <laughs> um. So there was a few. There were a few reasons there. Um, now, uh, and this is less of a question, but more of a. Well, I guess it's a question, but it's more of a exposition. We've touched on it all throughout this episode. For TV, oh, this is another question from uh, House of Black and White. Was the stomach stabbing? Was it too brutal? Steve, you go first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I pretty much uh, feel like it was thrown out there for shock value. Um, I expected from True Blood or Dexter. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, I would feel pretty um, well But yeah, Dexter. I thought this was a little unnecessary. <laughs> um, okay, Ashley, what do you think? No, you don't think it was too brutal. I don't okay. think it was too brutal. I think it's far more brutal to think about the lives of hundreds, thousands of people dying than to think about one person. I don't know. Well, I mean, just seeing it, like all those people die, you don't see them die. I mean, actually seeing the stomach stabbing. I, that I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Just those okay. kind of things never, never affect. Plus, me very you much. do see a lot of other people die. Yeah, oh you yes, see you do. You really know. do. In that episode, when uh, Danny's, you know, triumphant of men go in to take the city or whatever. Yeah, we see a guy get. He's like on his knees. He's pretty much dead already. He like swipe and by yeah. sword with one guy falls to his knees. The next guy comes up behind and guts him and yeah. blood splatters and like. Especially kept like, going like nothing you know, happened, and he was like the fourteenth guy killed in fourteen seconds. You know, like maybe it wasn't quite as visually yeah, brutal. Quite maybe as visual. it's a little more brutal for a woman to be stabbed. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying it wasn't brutal, and, but I yeah. think that too brutal. It's I mean, too brutal for what? Too brutal for anyone to be upset, <laughs> or too brutal for it to be allowed on TV? You know, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Uh, it was. It was brutal enough to be shocking, and that's what they're trying to do. I don't actually know how to answer the question. For me, I can't. I have. I, I the scene was burned in my mind the next day. Which the, of all the things I think about when he after, that's the thing that sticks out. I see it. I mm-hmm. that's the thing that keeps running back in my head. Maybe I just realized that I'm. I have a, as much as I hate seeing hand injuries. I also maybe I hate seeing stomach injuries too. I just never you know never really occurred to me. Just a but, natural reaction to you know be react to like a you know it's a it's a baby in her stomach an unborn child like being stabbed and it's it you know it no and it's not like it's 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 a bit more of a tragedy. It feels that's, like that's than, the thing that you're touching on. I think is matters a lot to people. Yeah. The fact that it's actually a child, even though yeah, you don't see the child. Yeah. Violence towards children on TV is pretty taboo. You don't really see a lot of... And when it happens, it's usually like... It sort of happens semi-off-screen. Like, the camera mm-hmm. cuts away for a second, and you're like... the You see, like, the kid's feet, you know? Maybe a spot of blood, or... Already like, in Game of Thrones, we've seen at least one child killed, yeah. stabbed in the gut yeah. by Arya. Yeah. You're right, you're right. There's a, and just... that was pretty... like you're, And it was sudden and shocking. You're like, whoa, she just... Arya just killed someone. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> and it's not, you're not... But it, was, it was more like Arya just killed someone. It wasn't like people out crowd like, I can't believe they showed a little boy dying on screen. <laughs> I, it just yeah, it feels like... like <laughs> you're I right, the reaction's more about yeah. like, 
wow, Arya just killed somebody. Not that, wow, that it's little boy like is dead. It's like the same <laughs> thing with Micah the Butcher's boy and Lady. People were so upset about Lady dying when there's a little boy that's killed by yeah. Sandor. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, one, how well we know the characters. Mm-hmm. But two, also innocence. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah. We don't feel as bad for that boy that Arya yeah. killed because he was threatening That's her. true. That is true. But we feel bad for the unborn child. In, uh... Think about Micah, though, the butcher's boy. Like, we yeah. don't see yeah. that, though, yeah. to be fair. But, like, George's gotten letters about it, for instance, yeah. about Lady dying. Too, yeah. And he's never gotten a letter about, you know, Micah the butcher's boy. Like, I can't believe you killed that little boy. Yeah. If they had showed Sandor gut the butcher's boy, then there might have been more of an outcry. Yeah. They showed Rob cut the wolf's throat. You know? And you've got, or, or, or uh, Ned, rather. But Ned, and Ned, and, and sorry, Ned sorry, is, sorry. Yeah. and of course it's, Ned has this little speech, and mm-hmm. there's the music. Like, they add, there's more to it than, yeah. than, this than our own opinion. Sad, you know, the, yeah. the showrunners, the director, they do little things to, mm-hmm. like, to get more of a reaction out of us, like, Having someone's tears, or having like an animal make a, a whimpery sound, yeah, or the music know. is the big one. There were a lot of people personally. that were most upset yeah. about Greywind, Greywind's death. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting to me. So personally, I, I don't know if it was too gruesome, but I do think. So I, won't, I can't really answer the question that way, but I do think that it was pun intended, cutting edge for TV. It was you don't really get more violent than that. <laughs> Um, there may be things that are as violent, as gruesome, but I don't know that it, I won't say whether it was too gruesome, because that's just a thing, I mean, I don't know. I kind of disliked, actually, more than even the stabbing of her, I, I, I disliked the shot afterwards where she's on the floor with her stomach, you like, see, falling Yeah, you out. see it all pooling up in the holes. I kind of disliked that the more than I, the actual yeah. stabbing. Yeah. But, uh. And then her, she did a really good job, by the way. She, yeah. against, again, on facial expressions of, of yeah. looking dead. <laughs> <laughs> she looked really dead there. <laughs> Uh, another question from Barbara Scaff. She mentions that she brings up the fact that there was no face clawing. We, we talked about that a bit already. But another, another actually, two, two parts to this question. Rob's will. There was no mention of Rob's will at any point before uh, this episode. And I don't know how the show is going to handle it. Now, I think there's a good reason why they didn't include it. One, it's even in the books, that whole storyline is real subtle. Uh, without being spoilery, I think you all would, anyone who's read the books would, would agree I, with that. I have to ask you, I have to interrupt, because I don't know what you mean. Rob's will? like Rob is- had made a will uh, prior to the Red Wedding. Because we don't his know wife who was not he pregnant. Because his, his wife in the, show, in the book wasn't pregnant. Yeah. So he wrote a will, and he named, he, we don't know who he named, but he argued with Kat, his mother about making it John. He thought maybe he would make it John. But she was like, "No, don't make it, John. You can't trust. Maybe you can trust him, but you can't trust his kids. You know that any, you know they're going to be. A, he's got a threat to any trueborn Starks out there." And he's like, "What trueborn Starks? Arya's dead. Santa's married to a land. And they have Brandon this Rickon are dead, you know. Yeah, yeah, and they think Brandon Rickon are dead. So, but he never actually says who he writes on there. Hmm. And he gives it to some people. He gives it to some of his closest companions and has them ride up, uh, to carry the message through like secretly. So." The the you know that that's something that we won't get into like what happens with that but it's not brought up on the show at all so either it's going to be like oh Rob had a will or they're just going to not do that at all but I think there's a good reason for them not bringing it up 
And that's because, well, as soon as you introduce the concept of Rob's will, the, the thought of him dying is like, it's like you inter- yeah. immediately the seed of him dying gets planted in the I viewer's mind. Like Another actually, reason to not bring it up is because his wife is pregnant. Yeah, show. his wife is pregnant. They change right. that. So, so that's, they don't, you know, the butterfly effect and whatnot. Yeah, that, he doesn't that one need a will in the show. Things. So, Barbara, to answer your question, yeah, I don't think, that, I think that Snerd is not going to have that. I think should, that Rob's will is not going to be a part of the show. I don't, uh, I mean, obviously that could change, but it would have to be some sort of weird flashback and say, oh, he did have a will. I'm like, why? Yeah. That'd be kind of awkward, I think. So, yeah. what person I don't... is going to be aware of Rob's will at this point? You know, almost every yeah. person that knew him is dead. So, yep. and the the other part to her question was was the the, the statement made by Roose Bolton. Um, the Lannisters send their regards instead of Jamie sends his regards. I a lot of people actually really complained about that. I saw a lot of complaints about. it. I don't think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And now, to give a little backstory on what that... To, some people may not even understand what we're getting at and why the difference is even important. Bruce Bolton, remember that, of course, if you think about it in retrospect, Bruce Bolton clearly was m- maneuvering with Tywin to make all this happen. Tywin was writing all those letters all this time. And some of us even thought Talisa was a spy because of her letters. We talked about that yeah. briefly as well. But, so... Wish she was. So, <laughs> so Bruce Bolton clearly was... Doing some behind-the-scenes talking to Tywin. This didn't just happen, you know. They didn't just do this without, you know, talking to the Crown and making sure that they would be properly rewarded for this. So, what that means, what that that means is that Bolton can't be responsible in Tywin's eyes for cutting Jaime's hand off. He cannot be like, oh man, his own. From his point of view, his his underling Locke was. By cutting Jamie's hand off, almost like potentially ruined his ability to ally with Tywin behind the scenes, because Ruse like he's like, "What? You want to ally with me? Yet you cut my son's hand off? Like your man cut my son's hand off? What the hell is that? You know?" So that's and Tywin, of course, is a guy you do not want as an enemy. I know. Right? I so so that's why he's like tells Jamie. That's why Ruse Bolton's were like, "You got to tell Tywin that I had nothing to do with this," and Jamie's like. All right, sure. And then he, you know, he just tell you know when they and when he leaves Bruce's presence to head out to King's Landing, he says, "Give Rob Stark my regards." <laughs> and so it has a totally different meaning when he Bruce Bolton kills Rob at the wed wedding. He says, "Jamie Lannister, the Lannisters send their regards." And I think the meaning Barbara, is pretty I think, similar. I, 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 think, I, I just one thing is that I, I wish there's more. There's more that I would like to say about this, and I cannot. But I, I do see, I, I see where Barbara's coming, coming from and where other people are coming from that that could have ramifications. And I guess I'll talk to you about it later when, you know, when Sean's yeah. not around. But I, <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit important. I do. Okay. Um, There's one, a different context there. But yeah. One thing I have, a perspective I got talking mm-hmm. to people is that one reason some people might care. Not this is sure if this is true and especially knowing Caitlin's perspective specifically. But if I understand right, some people were bothered because... For him to say from Jamie Lannister as mm-hmm. he's killing Rob adds to Caitlin's guilt. Mm-hmm. It's extra tragic for her mm-hmm. having released Jamie. Exactly one of the for, points. You know, so, You're right. I'd forgotten about that. Um, That's a pretty yeah. big, pretty now, big point. Yeah. To from my perspective, not knowing everything that's going on in the books, I think it's key to let the viewers know that Bruce Bolton has switched sides. That he is aligned with the Lannisters. Yeah. And if he says Jamie sends his regards. That's not quite as clear as saying the Lannisters in the regards. That's so a good point. Yeah. From a screenplay, from a screenwriting perspective, mm-hmm. and uh, from someone who hasn't read the book, I feel like that was the correct line. The Lannisters in the regards. I think that sends the right information to the viewer. Um, 
But for someone who read the book, I think maybe you're losing some of the tragedy from Caitlin's perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's a very good point. I really hadn't thought about it that way. Um, Okay, so one one question that's funny. uh, What we're we're going to see is: Will we have what? What what can we see coming next? Sean, I want to ask you since we know kind of what's coming. It's we weird for us to predict something that we kind of know is happening. I want to get just if you have some predictions you want to throw out. You know, I might ramble on for an hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, uh... let's not go that long, but throw out a few things more related to the fallout from this event. Let's say just let's yeah. just keep it keep it. I, I will to say that. in general, I, one reason I like the show so much is because I feel like the characters are consistent. I feel like they've set up these world and introduces these characters, and things flow naturally from there. With monkey wrenches, you know, every now and then something happens. I think it's. Like, a chess game is called Game of Thrones, even. You know, I think that, like, within a few episodes of season one, you probably could have predicted that Ned is going to die. You know, I feel like the clues and the foreshadowing, the nature of the characters are all there. Like The fact that the father figure type dies a lot, I think. Yeah. Is, yeah. Ned is going to be the hand also, of the Also, Sean king. Bean always dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's Ned go. Is, <laughs> that's true. Hand of the and that's why Eddard, little Eddard Stark and Talisa's belly dies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. he, got, he got, he did it. He accomplished what it took his father, like, a lot longer to do yeah. than his grandfather. <laughs> it, uh, Ned is going to be hand of the king. Mm-hmm. And... The last hand of the king died, right? Mm-hmm. So now you know what I mean. Like yeah. I could go on and on with all the, the what I feel are like inevitabilities of Ned dying, you know. And uh, and I feel like there's a lot of things that are somewhat inevitable that usually you don't notice it until it happened, and you look back and you see everything that was there. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what's going on right now that's leading to what's coming up. You know, what mm-hmm. should I be figuring out? And Again, sometimes monkey wrenches get thrown into things, and sometimes the details of how Ned died, maybe he could have died an episode later or a, a season later, but, you know, I felt like it was coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, in addition to the nature of the characters and the paths that they're on, for example, Arya is on this path of revenge, you know, so and she was on the way to, you know, I, I thought some tragedy might come to her because her and Sandra were heading to Rob and I, mm-hmm. and from the leeches thrown into the fire I knew something was happening yeah. to Rob and I think the leeches in the fire are a sort of a monkey wrench if you will something mm-hmm. you couldn't necessarily predicted but once that happens now you can start to predict stuff because you know the people involved and where they're going you know yeah. and uh it's so, hard to think that that scene meant nothing. The leech is like, oh, right. Gonna, and so you've seen her do, <laughs> you've seen her magic, and it works. <laughs> you know, I was predicting a tragedy at Joffrey's wedding because we know Joffrey's got some kind of curse coming to him from Melisandre, and I knew people were going to throw the books across the room, and so I thought something might happen to Joffrey that might also take down Tyria or Sansa or other characters we cared about. Now I guess that could still happen, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Red mm-hmm. Wedding is the book throwing moment. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if the Joffrey's wedding is happening next episode or next season. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Maybe it doesn't even happen. Maybe some tragedy falls Joffrey before the wedding. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But one thing I will say, I'm sort of thinking about how things are going, predicting, if you will. Roose Bolton is probably just going to be in charge of the North now. Like, mm-hmm. the Starks are gone. He's aligned with Tywin. The, the idea of Rob going to get revenge or even being king, that's all in the past. Roose Bolton, <laughs> if I understand it right, is the second most powerful House yeah, in the, the north, Dreadfort, and yep, exactly. he is in good Most terms with now. all the <laughs> other forces around. You know what that will mean exactly. I'm not sure, um, 
But when you also consider that Balon is probably doomed, mm-hmm. and Theon is being held prisoner, sort of directly. Where's <laughs> Bolton has him too? You know, uh, <laughs> and, and now I, I don't know quite if this is a spoiler. I feel like I figured this out because I get a lot of insight from people about stuff in the show. But I do feel like all the clues are there for us to know that that's Roose Bolton's son uh, torturing Theon. Theon. We yeah. know that Roose Bolton wanted to torture Rob's prisoners. Rob wouldn't let him because he's afraid of what happened to his sisters. And we know his sigil is a flayed man. Mm-hmm. And we know he sent his bastard son to take Winterfell back. You know, so I can kind of put all this up, together. Yeah. Um, but now, the Starks are all dead. Winterfell's fallen the the war against Joffrey's over like what why does Roose Bolton need to have Theon as a prisoner and maybe even does want to have him as a hostage to hold over Balon's head but if Balon dies maybe things will change <laughs> well, the, the Ironborn are currently attacking the north and if right. that's now Roose Bolton's that he well, we might be able to use that yeah and right. so <laughs> I don't know exactly how that'll play out but I but another thought I had through the season was why are they spending so much time on Theon like Theon's being tortured in a place I don't know, for a reason I don't know, by a person I don't know. So I've got to figure some of this out, but I just, just putting myself way to put it. in the shoes of the average viewer who hasn't what, read the books and doesn't have it as many insights from people around him, I, don't, I can't imagine it, how frustrating that storyline <sighs> must be. And I feel like, what could what's Theon's character going to go on to do that could <laughs> justify all this did, that we're going through? You I know? have one question for you, actually. Mm-hmm. Did you grasp what happened there with, with uh, Theon's torture? The last Theon, torture scene? The last torture scene? Did you grasp that? Dude, taking his yeah. manhood yeah, from him. Yeah, they did. They gel- yes, sure, he was gelded, know? yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but now I feel like, as the events unfold, I feel like, oh, well, if... Balon dies and Theon becomes king, well, that would justify all this time we spend seeing mm-hmm. with Theon. Or maybe Theon should be king, but he doesn't because he's still a prisoner or because he has his no sister penis. gets to be the queen. Or, or yeah, <laughs> No or one wants to follow a eunuch king. Or, yeah. <laughs> but I can't see oh, how his hell, character... Oh, king! Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do see how the flow of the show is going to lead to Theon being a more integral part, I believe. Right. There's a vacuum of... Of just the fact that they're showing him getting tortured off screen by a yeah. character you don't know in a place you don't know yeah. says that there's something else going right. on. They must be building up to something that I couldn't guess what it was before, but now I can start to guess now that Melisandre's thrown this, you know, leech mm-hmm. in a fire yeah. and named the usurper or Balon. Well, okay, so now I can see how Theon's going to come back into the fold. Um, I also, uh, so I, you know, I, that's. I don't know if these are predictions exactly, but these are the things I ponder about what's coming up is Theon. Yeah. And now I sort of suppose he's going to either become king or be in a struggle to become king. Um, and that Roose Bolton is either going to be at war with the Greyjoys or maybe stop a war with the Greyjoys. Um, maybe, and this is the other thing, getting a little bit more into relation to the, the Red Wedding, is that I don't think everyone's just going to be cool with with Walter Frey killing all these people. No, no, the whole, like, that's what brought the guest right thing in the beginning. That was a that, yeah, no, like, no matter who you like, now, almost, any man of honor throughout the realm is going to be like. Ugh, so I, I, I foresee a lot more turmoil, like because uh, a part of me feels like, well, you know, that's the end of the war. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Rob is no longer trying to get revenge against Joffrey, yep. and his army is disbanded, if not destroyed, and. Uh, Stannis has no army either. Yes, you know, <laughs> you're right. And, you know, 
Bruce Bolton is aligned with Tywin, he's just going to go back to, you know, I just feel like that's it, right? But then I know that can't be it because there's, there's just individual people who are going to want revenge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Arya. Arya still wants revenge. She doesn't care if Rob's dead or not. She <coughs> still wants to go kill Joffrey mm-hmm. and uh, Palin. What's the name of the guy? Ill and Payne. It doesn't matter what war is going on or what house is aligned with who or all the politicking <laughs> in King's Landing. Arya <laughs> wants revenge. And I'm just supposing there's a dozen more people who are going to want revenge against mm-hmm. Walter Frey. Whatever war is happening or whoever's aligned with who, there are going to be some people individually, maybe some armies. Yeah, think you know, about but who want earlier revenge. you saw that car star, you know, who was, who, 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 who you know, he yeah. wanted to kill yeah. Jamie Lannister. He didn't care what Rob's doing. Yeah, he, he wants revenge yeah, against wants, Lannister. Yeah, because his and, sons are died. And, and remember, and, and once again, going back to the concept of guest right, Bruce Bolton's a Northman and yeah. they take it even more seriously than South and he was part of that. So, like, there's got to be at least a few Northerners who, and of course, the Starks have ruled in the North for 8,000 years. Longer than anyone's ruled anywhere. Yeah, so, right? so, like, there'll be a lot of people that are just like, this is like trying to, someone coming in with a new god. You know, it's yeah. like, ah, yeah. no. It's not going to just happen out of nowhere. Yeah, it's not going to necessarily be an easy transition for Roose Bolton. And you know that another thought that I've had is that people wanting revenge against Walter Frey, time is fine with that. <laughs> off his back, right? You know, like, Tywin's so, certainly fine with R- Walder Frey taking the brunt of the yeah. "you did something bad." You know, this is dishonorable. Yeah. Like, but yeah. another no, Walder of... Frey is pretty much okay with it. He's freaking ninety-one. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. Um, He's so proud. Another another thought I have, sort of a, a I don't know, a metagame thought, if you will. We've just lost a few characters. You know, we probably get I don't know how to equate this exactly, but something like ten or. 15 minutes an episode on average at least committed to Rob and Caitlin and uh, those characters that are dead now. That's got to go somewhere else. And so it maybe it's going to go to Theon or to Roose Bolton or to the Freys who have all kinds of characters to bring up. Maybe nothing. Maybe the Frey, maybe someone kills Walter Frey in his sleep and that's it, you know, but but (laughs) maybe we get a whole season of a battle between Walter Frey and some house from the North. Yeah, there's still a lot of storylines left. You're right about the war kind of wrapping up. There's like, if you think about who is in the field right now opposing the Lannisters, it's, Really, yeah. just a couple of people who maybe haven't surrendered yet, but yeah, a like few small bands, small, but not right. an organized. There's army. no large army. There's no large, you know, general or anything out there. I mean, maybe the Blackfish is somebody that that they'll have to be concerned about. He's you know he's up there with like Barris and Selmy as far as like how well regarded he is. So he's mm-hmm. he's dangerous, but he's still just one guy. Um, and maybe way down the road, these characters might team up with Danny. You know what I mean? Like, and of uh, course, that's the big one. Daenerys yeah. is still out there. <laughs> and, and by the way, that's another prediction I have prediction pondering i uh, will say is it all this turmoil in the north one sort of thought i've had this the whole thing is called a song of ice and fire mm-hmm. and i think it's pretty obvious that john is ice and danny is fire mm-hmm. and it there are sort of these long-term story arcs that are coming mm-hmm. going to come together eventually in the meantime we're dealing with these more short-term dilemmas of people in king's landing and it's pretty tied up with people in the north as well and I feel like eventually all the squabbling over, you know, Tyrion feels like he should inherit Casterly Rock and <laughs> Joffrey, you know, Cersei trying to protect Joffrey's spot in the throne and Tywin trying to maneuver to keep Rob from rebelling. None of that's going to matter when there's zombies and dragons attacking. <laughs> <laughs> They're all thinking about the wrong thing in the long term. Yep. And, uh, and I wonder if maybe, I feel like, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the threat from the north is encroaching more quickly than the threat from the west. Uh, and it's the north maybe is in a little bit more turmoil 
with more conflicts going on, and they may have to come together to fight these zombies and or wildlings. You know, uh, they may have to set, they may have to like set aside their differences and, and fight the common enemy, but yeah. but will they? <laughs> and that was another thing that I sort of saw coming was you know that looking at the path that people are on was that Bran and his camp are heading toward John. And they kind of came together and immediately split ways again, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. And, and in fact, have split up themselves, too. So lots more to develop there. And, uh, I'm very curious to know what it is, and I can't. I don't want to wait another year. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we know a few people who are, some people who are listeners, some people that are kind of regular people we talk to about the show. A couple of them that have been holding out that are about to, to decided they scheduled this end of this season as the time they're going to go ahead and just start reading it all. Yeah. Uh, one of our, one of our, one of the guys out there, Iron Trone, he's, um, a, he's a regular, he, he listens to like a lot of the podcasts. He's, he's kind of a know it all about all the different podcasts. He needs to do a podcast on the podcast. He could do a podcast <laughs> on the podcast. He could do a podcast of podcasts. Yes. Um, and, uh, by the way, I just figured out what his name meant the other day. Iron Throne. It's Iron Throne. Oh. <laughs> he just took some letters. Yeah, it's just Iron Throne. He Iron Throne. I had no idea all this time. He's probably, he, when he hears this, he's going to be like, ah, you guys probably, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, you got us. Um, anyway. I was thinking of Ions. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't know what to think. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he pointed that out. Um, he's he he's going to start reading the whole series. He, he's been counting it down. Like, uh, as soon as season three ends, I'm going to read everything. All the, read all this, listen to the spoilery podcasts, listen, read the rest of the books, read the prequels, everything. So, oh, speaking Partly of, because he said it's hard, to, it's hard to not be spoiled. That's part of why he's, he's like, it's, just, it's becoming increasingly hard to like, be on social media and not get spoiled about things. So. But I don't know if you guys mentioned this in the last episode. I don't, I don't think you did. I, I, I listened to it. But um, we, there is a, we, we posted on the Facebook page where we post kind of pertinent news like this that the release date for Dangerous Women Anthology, The Princess and the Queen, has been announced for December 3rd. Oh, yeah, it's very exciting news. about Rhaenyra Targaryen. Obviously something that we are fascinated by because it's the history of Westeros. It's back in the olden times. So, uh, yeah. We're very excited about that. That'll give us the ability to do some... Yeah, give us some new material yeah. to work with and make some pod- re- maybe pre- well, almost we'll, we'll definitely yeah, have definitely to redo our redo All Dance, Dance the Dragons, Dragons podcast. So we'll just, have yeah. we'll probably have five times the information that we had prior to that, so it'll totally blow the lid yeah. off of that. We'll, 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 we may have enough for more than one episode after all yeah. that, but um, that anthology is worth the purchase. Not only that, which is a novella, it also has a ton of other stories from a lot of other amazing authors that uh, you know you should read. <laughs> I think that um, another piece of news, just random Game of Thrones news. There's a new for anyone who plays the board game. There's a um, an expansion for, for that makes the game four players and adds some new features. We should do a Game of Thrones news. Yeah, we, we might have to do. Yeah, we might do that long. someday. Yeah. That's kind of regular. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have any more questions, uh, any more user questions. I might have missed some. I apologize if, if any of you had sent me questions and I forgot to address them. Um, we can always bring that up at a later date. We still have uh, the rest of the Riverlands um, podcasts to put out. Those will be coming out soonish. So look out for those. I guess we should be wrapping this up now. We seem to have uh, covered the Red Wedding pretty well. We got our predictions in. We got our comparisons to the book and show. We got to uh, talk a lot about the actors. We talked a lot about... What's going to happen next? And we talked about just the, the overwhelming um, sense and, and overwhel- the, the, the fact that the Red Wedding was just so such a big deal to everybody. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that helps you all decompress. It's a, <laughs> that was one of our goals here, to talking about it, help you kind of deal yeah. with it. <laughs> but, uh, 
I would like to say, if you are watching this on YouTube, we had a lot of te technical difficulties with this. Google, I'm going to write it in the description, but Google Hangout wasn't working, and that's why some of these things, I'm going to edit it together and do what I can with it, but that's why there might have been skipping, and if these things bother you, please go to iTunes, go to our Facebook page, and just get the audio-only file. It is better. We, we use this because it's very convenient for us to see each other's faces when we're talking, and it helps with that overtalk. And we have, some people like the YouTube, and that might be why you just watched it on here. Yeah, uh, we never intended to start doing YouTube yeah. videos as a matter of fact. It's just, why not? We're doing mm -hmm. these video recordings because we want to be able to see each other talk. And we might as well put them on YouTube as well. But a lot yeah. of times they're not very edited. Yeah. The, real, the, the, the edited, better, cleaner versions with, with sound bites and some yeah. music and, and our, our intro stuff. So is, is the podcast itself, and that's for free on iTunes. Yeah, so think about think about switching to that. But, I mean, if you like YouTube, sure. At the, yeah, by all means, choose yeah. your own medium. Yeah. <laughs> Any way you guys want to listen to us, we're happy. But don't that. yell at us for the skipping right now. I, I, I'm <laughs> using a screen capture, a, a screen recorder right now to capture this, and so there's, like, weird... I, I'm, I don't even know how it's going to look. It might, I might not even upload this. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so thanks to... All the uh, people who sent us questions, thanks to everyone listening and, uh, of course, to our sources. Um, we, of course, the source material is huge here. Of yeah. course, the books themselves. Read the books. Yeah, yes. No. But uh, the so Tower of the Hand, of course, always valuable. Um, and Westrust.org, of course, the... Yeah, George actually mentioned uh, the people yeah. behind Westeros.org. He did. He, he named Elio and Linda. He, I bet they were really happy with that. That was cool. They, yeah. did, they deserve that for sure. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, a great was little shout-out He talked about how valuable he is. He's like, yeah. calls him up and he's like, what color eyes is this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. We showed him. He pointed out something that we all know, that Rand and Linda are really important to to, to, this, to, to what we know, <laughs> to making sure that, that our, our reference, our ability to – Look things up is greatly enhanced by their site. Mm -hmm. um, he uses it himself, so yeah, he uses the importance <laughs> himself. So, so somebody compared us to Westeros.org on Twitter recently, and that was very flattering. I don't think we deserve that, but we're working hard. Maybe one day we'll deserve that. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. <laughs> Certainly, they don't do podcasts like this. We at least get to do that. We get to claim that much. <laughs> Speaking of, they do have some videos on YouTube. Shout out to them. There should. Quite a bit shorter. They're uh, 16 minutes, maybe just on average. Yeah, they've, they've got a lot more on their plate than, than yeah. we do. I'd say. But uh, <laughs> they have very interesting insights, and it's always a pleasure to, to, to watch it and see what they have to say because you got to think about maybe they do know a little bit more. So I, I do like to kind of read into it a little bit too much, perhaps, but it's, <laughs> check it out. And of course, be on the lookout for Riverlands Part 2. History of the Riverlands Part 2 will be a spoiler-free episode, and, and sometime after that we'll be putting out Riverlands Part 3, which will be our spoilery episode, taking you up to date with the latest and up, everything that's happened up through Dance of Dragons. Um, and until next time, mm -hmm. thanks everybody. Yes. And once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to a History of Westeros podcast, a podcast dedicated to the TV show Game of Thrones on HBO, as well as the book series A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. I'm just one of your hosts, Steve, broadcasting live from Fayetteville, North Carolina, normally from Los Angeles. And here we've got uh, Aziz, Shea, and Sean here in Atlanta, signing off. Yeah.